Welcome to the Electra International series, Think Like a Leader. We all enjoy hearing another person's success story, and we hope our conversations with leaders from across the electrical construction industry will help spark your interest and creativity in finding ways you can think like a leader. Welcome to this edition of Think Like a Leader. This is Electri International's premier portfolio of having conversations with contractors, manufacturers, distributors, and some of our very, very best association executives. Today, we're here with Jerry Champlin. She is executive director of the Monterey Bay, California chapter of NECA. And it is located in Salinas or Salinas, I'm not sure which way to say it, California. And it's a small chapter. So she's going to have some interesting perspectives on what it means to be a leader in a very different sized market. So welcome, Jerry. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Thank you very much for having me. And is it Salinas or is it Salinas? It's Salinas. Yes, and it's the home of all the produce that you see in your market. So uh, packaged salads, broccoli, cauliflower, all the row crops come from our area. So if you look on the back of any package that comes with a packaged salad, that's Salinas, California. So I mentioned that you are a smaller chapter. What are some of the positives that you find about leading a smaller group of contractors rather than the mega size groups? Well, in a small chapter, you do it all. Uh, I do everything from labor relations down to the accounting. And that actually is very helpful. I'm able to help bookkeepers with what they need. I uh, keep very good close track of man hours and how they actually are reported. So I know the minutia of how it gets to to the big stuff. We start with uh, transmittals. I know how many apprentices are going out to each contractor. I'm part of every part of that. We have uh, no training director in my area, and I share that duty with the business manager in our area. So when we're sending out apprentices to contractors, I know the personalities, how to fit them together a little bit better, which is a very big advantage for our contractors. So I do a little bit of everything and a little bit of all of it. Do you, as chapter executive, do you have the opportunity to set the strategic agenda for your chapter and and tell the board, this is where we're going to go next? Or is it more, is it collaborative or is it more reactive that they think they know what you need and expect you to do it? I'd say it's more collaborative. I'm able to bring what Nika National and other chapters have already created and bring it to my members so that they can say, you know what, this fits for our chapter or it doesn't. And maybe we tweak it to make it from what a big chapter would do. It may be slightly different or or totally different than what they do, but their ideas help us to direct our chapter in, in a way that works for us. And really bringing those ideas to them is very much a collaborative effort. What do you see as the top challenges facing the entire EC industry, not just your chapter, but what are some of the big challenges out there that you're facing? Well, I have to say, just like everybody else, we have uh, challenges with manpower. Creating, well, the need is there, obviously. We need more people 
getting qualified applicants is very difficult and not only attracting them, but retaining them. We're trying to do everything we can to adjust as we go along. The way we've always done things doesn't always work anymore. Um, the next generations are different than we've been taught and we're trying to adjust and bring in qualified applicants and then keep them. We lose a lot to our neighboring chapters because they have higher wage scales, for example, or the fact that they have more work than we do. Or the other thing is sometimes they leave, leave the industry completely. And that's a real challenge for us. We've spent a lot of money training people and then to lose them to private industry or just leave the electrical industry altogether is very difficult. So we're trying to adjust to that. If I were speaking with the executive director of the chapter in Los Angeles, which obviously is very large, or San Francisco, also very large, would they tell me the same thing that workforce is the biggest challenge facing the industry? Or is it, or do you think you're more unique and different because you're in a smaller, more agricultural region? I think they're similar and different. I, I know that sounds like a cop-out answer. I think across the board in California and probably across the country, we have that manpower challenge. Ours is a little different than theirs. Um, we only bring in 50 apprentices in our entire program, where they're bringing in hundreds for the first year. So our challenges are different, but retaining them is difficult for all of our chapters, I believe. I know our audience would be very proud to know that you were nominated and elected as a member of the Academy. That's a very, very wonderful recognition and credential for you as a leader in the industry. Nevertheless, as a woman working in primarily a male-dominated field, what advice would you give to other women in the industry about being seen and heard in order to be successful in accomplishing your objectives? Well, I started in NECA 32, 33 years ago. And back in those days, I was one of the first women to start with NECA. My goal was not to be known as a female chapter manager, but an excellent chapter manager. So my goal wasn't to be a standout as, um, you know, here she comes. I tried to blend in. I tried to learn a lot from the others. And I did. They, it took a while for me to be what I believe to be accepted, not because of who I was or anything else that I was a threat. It was just different. And so for me, my personality is I just tried to learn, tried to be there, not try to push my way in. And it worked for me. So my, my recommendation is be yourself. Don't try to be what somebody else wants you to be. Everyone's style is different, whether you're male or female, and just learn from others and be there, be a part of the industry. Don't try to set yourself out as being different. That's just my style. Do you have the opportunity to serve as mentor to some of the newer executives, male and female? Do they look to you for advice and leadership on how to do it right? I certainly do have a couple of uh, young chapter managers that I love mentoring. I think that's my way to give back. Someone was there for me, um, actually several of our uh, regional directors, 
field representatives and other chapter managers helped me along. And I am very grateful for what they did for me. So my way of giving back to the industry is to mentor. And I have a couple of really excellent, I'm going to call them prodigies, but they're really not. They have come a long way and I learn a lot from them. It's a give and take. They give me the energy to keep wanting to do what I do because I love working for Nika. It's one of the best jobs in the world. Now, you were obviously instrumental in helping your chapter leadership come to the decision to join the Electric Council. What do you think was the deciding factor that made them say, yeah, we've got to do this? Well, we looked at it for a long time and being a small chapter, it's a big financial commitment. You know, we're not in the million dollar or million hour range like some of the other chapters. We're very small. Um, As a matter of fact, we have seven members in my chapter where, again, there's only one chapter smaller than us. When we looked at it, it took a long time for my board to get on board with the idea that we had this financial commitment. But when we realized that, number one, we needed to give back to the industry, my contractors are very committed to keeping this industry as good or better than the way that they received it. Um, Many of my contractors are multi-generational. I have one contracting office, one of my members, who's over 100 years old, and they're now into their fourth generation of ownership. And so keeping that industry alive and well is very important to all of us. So when we realized that we were able to do the financial commitment over a longer period of time, that was very attractive to us. And just the idea that we were able to participate and learn as well as give back to the industry, I believe that's what really turned the page for us. How would you describe what your members bring to the electric council table? What's their strength? Well, it's varied. I have very small contracting firms in my membership, and then I have a large contractor that is part of many chapters. So each of them brings something different. And that's not unusual for any chapter, I don't think. But probably the best thing that my contractors want to bring is bringing back to the student chapters that are nearby, helping out with that, making job possibilities available to them, as well as coming to the electory meetings and not only learning, but adding to the studies that are being done. Cal Poly is very close to where we are now geographically and their student chapter. We are more than willing to help out with their students coming and doing internships, but also the professors that are there, we're willing to help out with giving them data, helping them out with studies, whatever it is. And my members are very open to that. What are some of the topics that you hope Electri International will address in its research and its educational initiatives over the next three to five years? What's really important that's going to, number one, make a difference for the industry, and number two, reinforce in your members' minds, yeah, this was a good decision. We did right by joining. Another tough question. Um, I would say that first and foremost for me and some of my members, I mean, again, we have a variety of, of interests, but that generational difference, how to how to attract and retain. I know that Electri has been instrumental in helping with studies on that. That's important to us because we need to adjust and we really don't know the answers to that. And then technology. How is technology changing our industry and staying up with that? We're on the outside of the Silicon Valley in my chapter, but yet 
what they do in San Jose and Santa Clara and the Bay Area is very different than in an agricultural area where we are. We have to take that technology and adjust it to what's going on in the ag industry, for example. And I believe that Electri is doing that. We just want to be a part of that process. Is thinking like a leader different from acting like a leader? Again, I think they go hand in hand. I believe that if you think like a leader, you're able to act like a leader. You know, there are times when acting like a leader without any information behind you just just doesn't work. So, you know, planning and, and trying to get more information and offering that information to set your mind to be a leader is important. Then you need to act on it. You can't just make plans and not act on them. Okay, so are there some people that you have experienced who can think things through and you go, oh, they really understand it. They got it. It's going to go right. And then they freeze. And what do you tell them? How do you help them to get over that hurdle of being afraid to act? I think it's baby steps. You know, if you start out with a huge picture, it seems overwhelming and you'll never, ever be able to attack it. But if you break it down, there's an old phrase in, in my industry, in my family that, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So we try really hard to break it down to the things that were very easily done. Try to find something that you can accomplish because then it gives you that drive to make the next step. Before you know it, you bite at it and bite at it until you're able to see some accomplishments. And I will say also in this industry, especially as a chapter manager, you don't see a building start at a foundation and then you see the end product. Our projects take a long time before we see success. Maybe that watching an apprenticeship class come through and graduate and you say, hey, you know, it's five years and now you can see something or a project that takes a long time. So you have to take those little successes along the way and build on them. We try to do that with our membership as well. When the pandemic hit and it hit everybody differently, because you're in a more uh, agricultural area rather than a packed downtown on the subway kind of area, did the changes that you had to make and the way you led your chapter members through the various uh, requirements and regulations and all that pertaining to the pandemic, was that very different than it would have been in other parts of the country? I'm sure it was. Like you said, we're in a much more rural area, but not only do we do agricultural work, we have the largest battery storage facility in the world being constructed in our area at Moss Landing. So we had a lot of electricians on a big job. And of course, like everybody else, we were deemed essential. So, you know, we had to adjust to hand sanitizers, masks, airflow situation, all of those things, as well as the regulations that were changing daily, not only for the national stuff, but as you may know, California is regulation, you know, plus. So we were really trying to keep up with what the changes were, informing our members, and just trying to keep everyone safe and keep them working, which we did a pretty good job at. Did you, as the chapter leader, have to deal with pushback from your members who didn't want to have to pay attention to rules and regulations, or were they pretty cooperative? 
mine are very progressive. I had absolutely no pushback. They were very concerned about how to keep their workers safe and keep their customers happy because, you know, as produce doesn't stop growing in the ground, projects had to be completed and they still had all kinds of contractual regulations that they had to take care of and obligations. So absolutely no pushback from my members. They were just, it was like a fire hose coming at them though, just like every other contractor in the United States. In addition to the workforce issues, we hear a lot about supply chain issues having an impact, obviously the economy, obviously inflation. To what extent are your leadership capabilities tested by those types of challenges to the industry? Well, the supply chain is definitely affecting our contractors. Jobs are being pushed back, which also changes the flow of manpower, which affects how many apprentices we bring in, which affects everything. So the supply chain is as hard as we push to get things, you know, there's limitations. And keeping the pipeline filled with manpower is a challenge with that. So we're doing our very best to start as many apprentices as we can to keep our numbers up as far as how many people we have in the field. We have a lot of people who are ready to retire. And so for us to keep the size of our local union and grow that is a challenge. So the supply chain does affect that. You know, we have job delay just like everybody else. We're having a hard time getting a switch gear and all of that coming in. So it's a big effect. What do you think is the best advice that you have ever received that really helped you to become and continue to be a really good leader? What's the best advice? Can you tell us about it? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, When I first started as a chapter manager, I was at a board meeting and I was very young pretty naive, trying really hard to make sure that I knew everything about the industry, which I've learned since just, you'll never know everything about the industry. And a board member asked me a question. And I really, I guess I had that dough in the headlights look. And one of the other board members looked over at me, said, let me just tell you something, Jerry, it's okay to say, I don't know the answer, but I'll get back to you. And I think about that quite often now. There's plenty of times when we don't know the answers, but we have resources within NECA that are incredible. We have people that are experts in all types of facets of the industry. But the best part about that is they don't know everything, but they have contacts. So our network of professionals is incredible. And we always are able to get back to our members with the right answer instead of just an answer. So I think that was the best advice I ever got. In addition to that piece of advice, and I agree with that very much, what do you want our audience to remember about your approach to leadership? I guess everyone has a different approach and a unique style. Nobody's going to clone somebody and it's not going to be right for them. I would just say that my my style is I'm not just a leader, but I try to get in there and be a part of what needs to be done. If it takes cleaning up after an event or setting up an event or whatever, I want to be a part of every bit of that. So I'm just not delegating out to others. I want to be in there, hands-on and doing. And I think that's really made a difference for me. I've learned a lot and I've learned to deal with people. And I think the NECA business is all about people. You know, whether it's working with your members or labor relations, it really truly is a study of people. And that's what I'm trying all the time is to better myself as a better people person. And that to me is what leadership is all about. Is there anything that you find unique 
about the academy, anything that has really had an influence on you as a member of the academy? Well, I'm brand new to the academy and I'm more than honored to be a part of that. Something that I never thought that I would have attained. My first meeting is next week in Coeur d'Alene. I was blown away by the speakers and the, the members of the academy when I was inducted in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I just am, I want to be a sponge. There's such great talent and knowledge in the people that are part of the academy that I'm interested in just being a part of that and seeing what else there is to learn. All of the leaders of the industry are there and I am humbled by being a part of that. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to make sure you have the opportunity to tell our audience? I think you've covered quite a lot in a short amount of time, but I would just say that if there's anyone that would like to pick my brain, not that I'm an expert, but if there's something that I can do to give back or to help, please feel free to reach out to me, whether you're in a small chapter or a big chapter. I think we all have a lot to offer to the industry. And that's what it's all about. Our teamwork in NECA is very special. And I'd be happy to reach out and help anyone that's interested in learning something that I might be able to help them with. Jerry, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really did learn a lot. And and the concept of, I don't know, I'll get back to you, is one that I have used for years, as have you. And I think that your approach and your way of describing how involved you want to be and your willingness to help others who ask for advice, whether it's big or small. And if you don't know, you're going to get back to them. I know that for sure. So thank you again. We look forward to seeing you and working with you. And we thank our audience for tuning in. There are a lot of Think Like a Leader interviews that are available at the Electric International website, and it's electric.org. So thanks for today and bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for today's Think Like a Leader conversation. You can access every interview in this series on our website, electri.org, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. This is a remarkable look inside the electrical construction industry, and it's yours for the listening. 